Welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Today, I've got the pleasure of a repeat offender. We actually did a podcast, I think, two, three years ago um, with a great friend of mine, Joseph Rakic. So Joseph has come all the way over from New Zealand. He's here for a week and two, and it's very exciting news. Mm-hmm. He will be moving here in January. So Joseph uh, is an online training business and also an online business coaching business, I believe you just started. So today, I really want to delve into everything in terms of like your mindset, in terms of who you are and what's got you to where you are, mm-hmm. and some of the business aspects, as we talked a lot about fitness beforehand. So thank you very much for your time today. And the first question I have for you is, how have you found Dubai? Oh, man, I love Dubai. <laughs> It's just, it's the place to be, you know, if you want to get better in life, if you want to level up. There's just so many people here that are motivated, driven, and it's good to be around that energy. Uh, I love New Zealand. Nothing wrong with New Zealand. It's a beautiful country, beautiful people, but we feel pretty isolated and there's not much to do there, not much room to grow. And I just feel like I was almost stuck in a box. I just was capped and if I'm filming any content it's just myself in the gym filming another chest workout another chest workout another chest workout so Dubai there's just so much more opportunity um, to collab to network to make connections and just explore here's an expression I like did you because I felt like I would say I felt like this but I felt like I was outgrowing the UK because of the mindset people had <clears throat> do you feel like in New Zealand you were like a big fish in a small pond almost yeah um not to like <laughs> have a big head or anything, <laughs> but like I, I feel like I was up here. Um, even, you know, with the muscle on my body, I feel like I was up here. But then I come to Dubai and I'm like, I'm down here. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, so it's, it's motivating for me to want to try and do better and push more because now, again, I don't want to have a big head or anything. I don't want to sound like I'm up myself, but I feel like I was here which kind of, it didn't give me anyone to chase or anyone to try and grow. But now that I moved to Dubai, it's like I'm a little fish in a big pond. Um, so I think that's very good for someone wanting to grow and do better. I 100% agree. And for me, it's like, like the whole thing in like the UK and like people like flexing on each other, oh, look what car I've got, look yeah. how big I am. It's like, come to Dubai, you can't do that. Like everyone's <laughs> got more money than you. There's loads of people bigger than you. Their watch is worth yeah, more yeah, than yeah, your yeah, car. Yeah, the watch is worth more than everything you own. Like, yeah. and that's a really important thing to understand. It's actually a very humbling experience. Mm-hmm. And for me, I find it very inspiring and motivating seeing what other people have done and also people yep. like yourself as well. Cause it gives me a real, like, it's really really at the fire in me in terms of like my drive to go and achieve things rather than staying within like a small goldfish bowl and being the big fish there, which yep. I think it's only good for fulfilling your ego, not necessarily the dreams of who you want to be and what you want to achieve. So true. And that's a very good way to put it. Fulfills your ego, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's like anything. It's like if you're the fucking the best looking guy in the group or like smartest guy in the room or like strongest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like yeah. you need to push yourself around people yep. who are better than you to become better. Yep, I agree with that a thousand percent. One interesting question I have for you is you achieved a lot at a very young age. What's the biggest achievement you've achieved? Um, many things. So in my personal life, obviously getting married to the girl of my dreams. Um, in business, I think helping over 160,000 people all around the world transform their lives, um, get better, look better, live healthier, and just achieve their best selves. So to me, that's a pretty big achievement um, and something that I'm pretty proud of. Yeah, I think that's, that's a huge accolade. And actually, what I really like there is where you started on the personal side of things first, because that's something I struggle with in terms mm-hmm. of like, when you're incredibly driven to go and achieve all these things, it's very difficult to not be tunnel visioned and like fuck yeah. everyone else. I don't yeah. care about like <clears throat> anyone other than like, I don't fitness, your business, whatever yeah. it might be. Have you got any tips or anything you've learned along the way through that? Because that's, 
a big self-development thing in terms of like how do I manage this empire building how do I become be this like different person in terms of like a partner a business leader a, an influencer mm. have you got any tips or anything you've learned along the way from that it is hard um I guess it's being self-aware in a way you know whatever you're doing wherever you are just try and be 100% there so if I'm with my wife I try <laughs> to be 100% there. If I'm in the gym training, I try and be 100% there. Uh, if I'm in a meeting, you know, talking about something, I try and be 100% there. So I think, you know, often what happens to me, I'm, I'm doing something and I'm like 20% there and then 80% thinking about something else and doing something else, or I'm on my phone at the same time that I'm watching something. Um, so I think that what's helped me is just be 100% where I am at that specific time and then I can focus on specific things at specific times. And I think that's something I 100% agree with because I'm one of those people, if I'm doing one task, like don't talk to me, yeah. I have to do this. And it's like <laughs> even when I used to work in my previous job in a state agency, like which was only four years ago, if I was in the middle of a task, I would just ignore people if they're talking to me because yeah. like I have to sing, like singularity of focus on what I'm doing. And now like my partner understands like, first few hours in the morning don't talk to me or disrupt me because like I'll end up being a bit shitty if I'm in the middle of something like really complicated so <laughs> yeah. like just leave me to it and then it's almost having like designated times of like this is personal Charlie time this is work personally time yeah. this is gym time and I think that gives you a lot of control in terms of not who you have to be at that time because you're one person but when you're successful when you have a lot of different things you do you almost have to wear a lot of hats and have a lot yeah. of different alter egos yeah. I find and it's just changing your hats at different times yeah. you know but I'm the same as you. Like I feel like I can get a lot done in the early hours of the morning from a work point of view. So I like to do that then and just focus on that then and then execute that. And I feel like I've done stuff and I've accomplished stuff. And then later on I can spend time with my wife and I feel like I've done that kind of stuff and it helps me be 100% here when I need to be 100% here. It's interesting for anyone listening to this or watching this, the expression success leaves clues because we both are exactly the same in terms yeah. of that approach because you can get the most important <clears throat> things done first in the day and you've already won that day. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to like need to spend time with your partner or whatever, you're not stressing, you've still got X hangover your head you have <laughs> yeah. to do still. Yeah, yeah. And as we just chatted before, we're both um, morning people. If, which never happens, but like if I wake up at nine or 10, I feel defeated and that rest of the day is <laughs> it's bad you know but if i wake up early you know 5 a.m or whatever it is and i execute for the first two three four hours i feel like i've done so much so the rest of the day is all w's as well um because you're just in that mindset and you've you've got off to a good start 100 i find if i don't get that i end up being anxious the rest of the day because i'm always like i feel like panicky i've got to do this i've got to do this i've got to do this yeah and then when you're trying to be present with your partner or, or in a podcast or whatever you're doing like you can't truly be there and be yourself because mm -hmm. you're part of your head's in another place yeah <laughs> no i can relate to that 100 percent. yeah have you done much um obviously in terms of you developing over the years working with personal development coaches business mentors anything like that to help you build and become the person you are today not really. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've had any mentors as such, but at the same time, I've had many mentors. <laughs> so YouTube, YouTube is my thing, man. So I haven't had a direct personal one-on-one -on -one connection with anyone, but you know, I look up to a lot of people and I get a lot of information from a lot of people. A lot of people that I look up to, you know, it could be anyone, Conor McGregor, Kobe Bryant, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, whatever. If I'm driving, um, like I'll search their name on YouTube, listen to an interview from them. And then I'm just downloading all that information from them. 
video after video after video. And I just guess over weeks and months and years from just consuming all that information from these certain people that I look up to, it's almost like they're becoming a mentor in one way because I'm hearing what they've done and how they've done it and how they've approached things. So they're not technically a mentor, but (laughs) I guess on a secondary level, they are a mentor because it's just me downloading all their information and all their advice. So that, that's what I've done. I think what's awesome with that, that almost becomes part of your environment and network. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in my job in a state agency, all I used to listen to were podcasts by Gary Vaynerchuk and yep. Grant Cardone. Yep. Because like, I was like <laughs> trying to understand and learn how social media works and how people's like human psychology works. And then like Grant Cardone in terms of like sales and like motivation, how he talks about 10X and stuff in terms yep. of action. Because... <laughs> I think the biggest mistake so many people make in life is they don't, they try something once and then, oh, it doesn't work. Like, I don't say you're like an online trainer and you want to get clients, you put up one post and no one messages you, like, oh, it doesn't work. It's mm. a fraud. Um, whereas the reality is, it's like putting in the reps. Like, yep. I don't know how many posts you put on Instagram, but I think I've done like 7,000 or something mm-hmm. stupid. And like, yep. people don't see the work that goes into things behind the scenes. And I know how hard you work. What would you say to someone like right now who's maybe, in the infancy of their business or career that's maybe struggling to get where they want to be? Yep. Um, I think it comes down to three, maybe four things. So I think it's very important when you post on social media to post and provide as much value as you can. The more value you provide, the better relationship and the better trust you're going to build with your audience and you're, you're going to have a better and stronger connection with them. Because you're providing value they're also going to share it with their friends you know and value could be anything it could be tips on training could be tips on nutrition whatever it is if you're providing value in some way one it's going to be valuable to them they're going to build that trust and build that relationship with you Um, after providing value I think it is important to provide social proof whatever you do but you know let's just say you're an online trainer or you're trying to get clients I think social proof is very important could be your client transformations Uh, before and after images or maybe it could be a dm that you received and the guy bob messages you oh amazing i've dropped five kgs on your diet in this much time screenshot that repost that in your story whatever it is it's a good form of social proof then when other people see this it's almost like someone else is telling them how good your program is instead of you saying yeah this is what has happened (laughs) so social proof is very important um After social proof, I guess it's having a good call to action, you know, letting people know that if you do need help with building muscle or losing body fat or whatever it is, that you can help them. Um, And then fourth, I would say consistency. And if you can do all those, you can provide value, you can show social proof from your clients and the results that you help people get, you can have a good and strong call to action, and you can be consistent at doing that. I think that's almost like the formula for success. Um, And it's just putting in the reps, putting in the days, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And if you do it long enough, I think you'll be successful. I think there's two things I want to say. I think it just came into my mind. One thing is being very true to your values of who you are and what you do. So Mm -hmm. first time I ever met Joseph in life, real life, was I was in uh, Thailand. We we stayed in the same hotel. We were going to try and piss around for the week. It was awesome. And I remember going down to breakfast and he was sitting there. I think he had a tin of tuna and two packets of microwave rice. And I was like, this guy's fucking legit. Like, you know, when like yeah, yeah. someone literally practices what they preach, I had instant respect for you. Just chilling out there and your flip flops with like asking him to microwave your rice. Like, yeah. I was like, 
like this guy's a bit of me because the one thing I get frustrated with is people who, particularly on social media, you see some influencers who portray, oh, I live this health and fitness lifestyle when I know on the other side of the curtain, they're out doing drugs, partying, doing whatever. And that's, as soon as I met you, I just clicked instantly because I knew we were just on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's hard to come across those people, you know? Uh, most people preach a lot of things, but then what they do is completely different. Yeah, and that's a frustrating thing. Now, one of the things you mentioned in terms of uh, people being consistent in terms of whether it's with social media or if anyone listening to this in terms of like fitness, what would you say to them is the key that's helped you be so consistent? Like, I'm a big believer in terms of routine and structure. Yep. What does your like routine and structure look like that maybe has made you so consistent? Yeah, definitely routine and structure is so important. But I also think what's important for being consistent and having consistency is actually loving what you do and enjoying what you do. If you don't love and enjoy what you do, it's going to be very hard to be consistent because <laughs> you kind of just get to the point where it's like, ah, oh, fuck that, you know? Um, but because I love and enjoy what I do so much, it's easy for me to be consistent um, and it's easy for me to do what I do every single day. Now, if you look at the gym like a chore and you're like, oh, damn, I've got to go to the gym today, you're not going to last long. So you have to find your enjoyment for the gym. Okay, it doesn't have to be gym. Maybe it's Maybe you like boxing, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's a sport, whatever it is, you have to find something you enjoy because if you can find something you enjoy, then you're going to be consistent and when you are consistent, that's when you get results. But it's also very important having structure and having a routine. So you can't just decide you're going to go to the gym, you have to lock in a time that you're going to go to a gym because if you just say you're going to go to a gym, come 3pm, you're probably not there. <laughs> but if you say, okay, 10am 10, 10 is my training time or 4pm is my training time, whatever it is, just lock in a time and commit to that. If you don't do that, something's always going to come up and get in the way and you're not going to end up at the gym. So yeah, 100% agree. Um, having routine, having structure and actually loving what you do is the key to being consistent. What time do you train then? If you, ever, you say you're consistent with training times. Yeah, so I've... I can be pretty flexible because um, I'm pretty good at changing my schedule around. So I've got a few training times. It's either 10 a.m. in the morning, it's either 2 p.m. in the um, afternoon or 5 p.m. And that's in accordance to my meals. <laughs> so it's either, yeah, I can, I can train like an hour to an hour and a half after I've had a meal. Um, but, you know, if someone wants to train at a different time, I can easily adjust my schedule. But in my calendar, I've got my training locked in at 10 a.m. every single day when I'm back home in New Zealand. But then if I've got something on in the morning, oh, easy. I'll just move it to 2 p.m. or move it to 5 p.m. Um, so it's I'm pretty easy and flexible when it comes to that. But it's just having structured times that you know which work for you that you can lock in. Do you do the same thing in terms of from a business approach? Because obviously you've been very successful in that aspect. Do you give yourself like work blocks throughout the day where like, I don't know, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. I'm going to do like the complicated tasks I have to do, mm. X time to do calls. How do you structure yourself in that manner? Never done that, um, but I'm not against it. I am always for whatever works for you to get the job done. If you need to schedule posts, do that. Um, for me, I've, I've never scheduled posts. I've never done planned anything really on social media. I've kind of just overloaded myself with creating as much content as I can, banking it, and then posting it whenever I want, when I feel like it, at any time of the day. I don't I don't follow any posting structure, no posting schedule. I don't try and post at good times. Because when I do that, it becomes too much like a job for me and too much like work. 
So I love creating content. I just create as much content as I as I can. Maybe one time I'll go to the gym with my video guy. And we'll create maybe 15, maybe 20 TikToks in a day. He'll go and he'll edit them. He'll send them all to me. Then I've got 20 TikToks. At the moment, I've got about eight YouTube videos I haven't posted. And probably, no lie, 70 plus TikTok videos that I haven't yet posted yet. They're just banked. And I can post these whenever I want, whenever I feel like it. And I do that because I enjoy it. And it, it means I don't have to create content every single day. Like I don't have to try and hurry to get content. Um, there's always something to post. But you know, maybe if I do get some content today at the gym or maybe from this podcast, I'll take a picture, I'll post it up because it's there and then in the moment. But I've just always got that backlog of content banked that I can upload at any time. It's smart. We, we do something very similar. I think, again, I look at a lot of ways in life, like how to be really efficient and also how not to have, how to alleviate almost anxiety because you're, like, you're not like, oh, fuck, I need like post and I've got nothing. Yeah. But it's like, if you've got like a hundred pieces of content, it's like, oh, it's the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. So, oh, I'll do this one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where I think, people often overcomplicate things. And the way I look at content is thinking about like education with utility. like. Mm -hmm. What's something you can teach someone that they can actually implement and use themselves as helpful rather than I think in the fitness world in particular, a lot of people go down the narcissistic, like look at my abs, like bullshit, which isn't really the way to go. Like I have done that a bit more recently because I'm competing soon, but it's more to like document my journey mm -hmm. rather than like look how great I am, if that makes yep. sense. And people love following a journey. Mm. They love, you know, watching someone on their process because they can try and relate and build that um, connection with. So that's super powerful. Do you ever train with your wife? Um, very rarely. Occasionally I will, but um, she kind of likes to go do her own thing. Like if we're training legs, I'll be like, oh, we'll do squats. Oh, no, I want to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, she's she's not the ideal person to train with just because we've got different styles of training. But, you know, once in a blue moon, we'll get a session in together. Yeah, I agree. It's like me and my girlfriend are about a foot taller. Like I'm a fit foot taller than her, so like mechanically nothing works. <laughs> yeah. It's like and there's like a fifty kilo weight difference. So I think it's one of those things of understanding that like men and women are a little bit apples and oranges. Yeah. Like in my opinion, they can't really train together. It doesn't really work. And then if you're doing legs and you're loading up the leg press oh, with me. a lot of weights, you, you're gonna need two leg presses. <laughs> yeah, it's like taking off twenty plates ago and like this is yeah. this is tedious. Yeah. You use all the energy taking off the plates before you're set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it becomes yeah. cardio doing that. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not the fun part. No, no. That's not the fun part. Um, something I wanted to ask you about is you recently started uh, another business by looks of it. I think it was a Millionaire Blueprint. Yep, Millionaire 101 Blueprint. Millionaire 101. So um, tell me a little bit about that and yep. what you're doing. Because I saw you do that and I was like, that's an interesting venture yeah. for you. And I think it shows um, you maturing as a person mm -hmm. to different ventures in life because I know you do other things. I think you've got a farm and some other stuff as well. Yep. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so Millionaire 101 Blueprint is basically just a course that I wanted to put out because so many people came to me and asked me, how do I build a social media following? How do I make money on social media? Um, this and that. And I thought, you know, why don't I just put everything I know and everything I've learned over the last 10, 12 15 years however long i've been doing this put it into a course and then let people you know follow this course and find their passion and launch a product or launch a service um learn how to monetize it now i pretty much cover everything because i've done pretty much everything you know i go over how to create a social media following how to build an audience how to sell a product the call to actions that I use, how to sell stuff via social media if you don't have a following, how to use affiliates, uh, drop shipping, email marketing, Google retargeting, 
running ads, everything I pretty much cover. Um, it's just a whole download from my brain of everything that I've done over the last 10 years, put it into a course so someone can download my last 10, 12, 15 years, understand it, and then apply that to themselves. And my goal is to help other people create an online business. doesn't have to be fitness, could be whatever. It could be <laughs> selling garden plants. I don't know. As long as they love it and they enjoy it, they can do what they want. And I'm just trying to show them a way how to monetize it online because now everyone has one of these. Like we we are all connected all the time. So there's no reason why you can't start an online business in anything really. I agree completely. Um, we have never been so lucky as we are right now with the ba- limited barriers to entry if you'd go and start your own business. Social yeah. media is free. Like iPhone, you can film anything you want. Like you can get cheap labor and Upwork, wherever to edit stuff yep. for you. So it's literally on you if you want to be successful right now. You just need to execute and implement. Yep. And now we don't even need a social media following. Like back in the day, we had to have a good following on Instagram or Facebook to get good reach and to get good views. But now you can create a TikTok account, put a video up, and it could go super viral. So even the algorithms are changing in favor for just anyone you don't have to have a mass following now to get mass views, you know? Interestingly, Instagram's gone the other way now where it's favoring newer accounts yeah, with less followers, which is a bit of a trippy one. I've, I've thought many times about starting a new account. <laughs> I, I actually have started a new one, actually. Interestingly, uh, we only started like a week or two ago and it's got like 100 followers and a video got like 11,000 views today. And you're like, yeah, like, where it's like my main account, like it, it's not dying, but it's slow. Do you know what oh, I mean? I know. And I don't know how these algorithms work, but they're always changing. They're always updating, but everything's going on the algorithm now. And it's just, it's, it's learning, you know, is this person putting up good content? Are people watching this 100%? Are they liking? Are they sharing? Are they engaging? And from all this data, it's, you know, giving your videos more or less reach. But because Instagram, their job is to keep people on their platform, who are the people that are going to stay on their platform? It's the people with hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of followers. They're not going anywhere. The people that will leave are the people with no followings. So how does Instagram keep them there? Give them more reach. So <laughs> it's not good for us, but it's Instagram's what doing what Instagram it's is what doing. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. what it is. On that note, what's the biggest challenge you've had within your business career? Um been any big crisis moments you're like fuck me like having to deal with this yeah not really to be honest touch wood (laughs) (laughs) um like there's there's always been problems and struggles here and there but nothing that really comes to mind like even covid it wasn't much of an issue for me yeah okay people the gyms are closed people couldn't go to the gym so we lost you know quite a few people signing up and some people canceling their subscriptions because they couldn't go to the gyms but then at that exact time that happened i launched home workouts and i got so many people signing up for home workouts because they wanted to stay fit during covid so it kind of worked out the same um but yeah i guess i really haven't had any issues as such maybe just always trying to fight the algorithm (laughs) yeah i think that's uh never ended i think don't you think it's weird that they don't just tell you what the fucking algorithm is? Like, oh, if, if everyone just knew what the rules were, you could be like, okay, this is what I need to do. This yeah. is what we play by. Even if they all said, okay, this is what you need to do to be successful on uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Yeah. And then everyone knew, okay, I need to tick these boxes. And this is how we're, otherwise, it's like a, a black mystical art of I like, know. like Instagram's like some wizard that gives you reach or traffic or not. Yep. And it's, it's also like, um, 
you got to be careful what you say now. It's very... I, I don't say a lot of things that I want to say. Because sometimes you say something and Instagram will like lower your reach for it or even like ban you or suspend your account. So I... um, What did I do? I put up... Oh yeah, I, I put up a video. It was my dog watching my wife um, hit, do her hair, straighten it. And I filmed my dog... And I said, don't worry, bro, girls are weird. And because I said girls are weird, I got done for hate speech. I'm like, the girls aren't weird. I'm talking about my wife. Like, it's a joke. <laughs> and um, I got a notification on Instagram saying my account could get suspended. I was like, man, I literally just said girls are weird. They're not weird, okay? <laughs> like, you've got to be very careful now. It's, it's crazy. I have heard two things like that. One... I think I replied to someone's comment saying like British people can be small minded or something. What did you say, sorry? Uh, British people can be small minded, yep. which is a fair comment. I'm British, I should be honest. And I got a thing warning my account was going to get deleted. And then the other one was like, it was a genuine typo. Instead of like, it said kike, where I'd like, there's like a Jewish oh, slang yeah. term. It was literally just a typo. And again, I got another like flag of getting deleted. You know, it's literally just like the, the buttons are next to each other. And you're like, fuck, like, it's, that's a headache you don't need. Nah. <laughs> so you got to be careful. Like, lucky I've got some good contacts because uh, we, we spend a lot of money with ads. So we've got some good contacts at Facebook or Instagram. So if anything was to happen, I'm sure we could get in contact and be like, hey, like, <laughs> come on, guys. What's the most you spend in ads in a month? Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't have a clue. My marketing guy does it all. But I know overall we've spent millions and millions in ads. Would you say you're a hands-on person within your business? And, and if so, why? Uh, I don't do any of the ads or any of the email marketing or any of that myself. It's above my head. And I always say, hire someone a lot better and smarter than you. <laughs> so my team is a lot better than me at running ads and doing all that. I I don't even run my business. Uh, i got my best mate. He's been my best mate since five years old. Uh, he's been working in my business for a long time. He started working in it for free. He was managing my customer support team. He's now the COO, so he's he's running my business. He's you know turning it into a proper you know machine. I am the front guy that just pumps content, tries and creates exposure, and just gets as much eyeballs on my business as possible. Um, and I think it's good because it allows me to focus on what I'm good at. And let's the other people in my business focus on what they're good at. And if I'm trying to do too many things, they all suffer. So my team handles everything else. And then I just focus on pumping that content, understanding Instagram, understanding TikTok, understanding YouTube, trying to figure out what's best, what works, what doesn't, and always adjusting and changing things. Interesting. It's very much similar to my approach in terms of like, and it's taken maybe a year or two to work, a few years to work this out. Like, what's your zone of genius? And for me, it's like big picture thinking and strategy and being creative. And one of the best things I did recently was I made, and did it with my team as well, was like a like and loathe list. Like, what do I like doing? Mm -hmm. What do I loathe doing? What do I fucking hate doing? And then trying to get rid of everything off the loathe list to someone else. Yep. And the like list, just go all in on. Yep. And that's when you're going to become the best version of yourself and like to your true values of what you want to do. Yep. And you'll fully succeed. Yep, definitely. Now, with the team you've built, have you got any tips or tricks for anyone listening to this? It doesn't have to be a fitness business, it could be any business in terms of how you've done that because that's not necessarily an easy thing to develop over the years and, and managing, Yeah, that makes sense. Well, when I got into this business, I didn't even know what I was doing. To be honest, I got lucky and it kind of just fell in its right place. So the first guy that I hired, um, I didn't even pay him. <laughs> there was Brett, who's who now running the company. 
Um, but he helped me with customer support emails because I was just getting so many emails I couldn't respond to all my clients. So he started running that, handling that. Then from there, um, I got a manager. And that manager is when we kind of built structure to the company. Okay, we need a video guy, hire him. Okay, we need more people on the customer support team so we can get a quicker response to all of our clients. Get them. Um, okay, we need a marketer, someone that's really good. Get him. And then we've just kind of built it around that. And it was my manager that kind of helped me grow and establish the business. Um, he's not my manager anymore. He's gone and doing something else, which is another company I own, Macroactive. Is that Ken? Uh, John. Okay. But then Ken did come into Jareff for a bit as well, and he was doing the marketing. But now Ken and John are both at Macroactive. Um, so still in the family, but <laughs> outside of Jareff. And once I had that structure, everything kind of just fell into place. And it was like, okay, what do we need now? We need more customer support. Okay, what do we need now? We need more marketing guys. Um, so yeah, it kind of just fell into place. I didn't really know what I was doing, and it just... I think I got lucky with how it happened. What well, I would say you got lucky. You create your own luck and yeah. there's an opportunity in front of you and you fucking seize it and you take it. So that's, I see how hard you work and how, I know how hard you work and that's mm-hmm. that's all credit to you with that. And likewise um, back to you. I, yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, I think when people say people are lucky, it's like people only see like yeah. the front of things. They don't see what goes on. They don't see me getting up at four. They don't see you yeah. getting up at five o'clock. <laughs> like we sit in my little office all yeah. the time. Like, I used to have like a, a little shed office in the UK in my garden. It was freezing in there. I'd sit in there with a little radiator and it was like minus five in there. Yeah, I think like, I remember those videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, people don't remember those days now. Yeah. And that's like, and that's what it takes is like putting yourself out there yeah. for all that time, all that time. The harder you work, the luckier you get. It's funny how that works. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. And that's one of the things I think people just don't really understand. Like it's, it's people give up too soon rather oh, than trying to get existence. Yeah. Oh, I tried this. It didn't work. Yeah. How how long did you try it for? How many times did you try it? Sometimes you got to, like I've posted videos. It's done nothing. But you keep posting again and again and again and again and again. And eventually something works. My people ask what's the secret success. And I say it's one of the things is volume negates luck. It's like if yeah. you do enough of something, eventually something yeah. going to work. You might yeah. fail nine out of 10 times, but that one thing, yeah. particularly from business aspect, like you can hit a home run. Yeah. There's equivalent of a thousand home runs mm-hmm. and you just got to find that one thing and just go all in on that. Yeah. Well, like, have you ever seen uh, like a concrete slab? And if there's a drip dripping on it over time, it, it creates a hole in that concrete. It's just constant drip, drip, drip. Now a drop of water isn't hard or isn't heavy, but do that a million or 10 million times, <laughs> you know? 100%. What's the end goal for you? Or is there an end goal? Do you set yourself like three, like, I don't know. How old are you? Uh, 31. Oh, you're younger than me. That's depressing. How old are you? <laughs> I have to think about that. 32. 32, yeah. I thought you were older than me for some reason. Um, <laughs> like, do you set yourself definitive goals by the time, like, I don't know, by 35, I want to achieve X, by 40, I want to achieve this, or like, this is the grand vision of my life of what I want, or is it just taking it as it is almost? Yeah, it's, it's weird because I've, I've always been a goal setter, um, but I don't have any, you know, locked in goals that I, I really want to do this at this specific time. I'm just trying to do as much as I can, be as good as I can and be the best version of myself. And maybe it's not the best way to approach it with having no definitive goal. 
but I'm just going 110% all the time and just trying to get as far as I can. Um, obviously, you know, I want to do some crazy numbers. I want to help, you know, more than a million people worldwide. One day I want to sell Macroactive, you know, for hopefully 500 million, maybe a billion. Um, so those are some goals, I guess, but I kind of feel like the gates are open. I'm, I'm just I'm just going for it. See how far I can go until I <laughs> until I drop. What would you say is your weakness? Or is there anything you're specifically like trying to work on within yourself? Oh, my communication is terrible. Is that, I learned, is that I like a that verbal format or written or just? Nah, um, uh, we actually had a, <laughs> me and my wife, we never have fights. We never argue apart from communication. I don't know why, but I am the worst person in the world with communication. Um, like I'll tell you a funny story. I, I, I bought a house. I didn't tell my wife. I don't know why I didn't tell my wife. I just, it didn't come to my mind. My parents said, oh, what do you think of the house? My wife said, what house? The house that Joseph bought. <laughs> I, oh, I, it was so bad. But was, it, I, was it an investment house or a house to live in? Uh, it was an investment house. Okay. But like, I don't, I don't even know why I didn't tell it. It's not like I was trying to keep it from her. It's not like I was trying to hide anything. I am just so bad at my communication skills and I've paid for it a lot. <laughs> so that's something I need to work on myself personally. I, it's interesting. This is like, you know, the similarity things we talk about are the same. So like I find, I presume too much and you, yeah. I know you should never presume anything, but like I presume people understand and think the way I do, but I'm a bit of a weirdo in a lot of respects. So like <laughs> yeah. people don't see things the way I see things or think the same way. And I think that's a difficult thing for me. And that's a big thing I've been trying to learn is like, how can I communicate and articulate things across and how can I be more patient? Because one of the things I struggle actually with is teaching people how to do things that I find very easy. Mm -hmm. And I have to understand that not everyone can think like I think or I don't know, can be comfortable talking on a camera or I don't know, making a Facebook ad or whatever it yeah. might be. Like, and it's understanding that people need to, like time to learn things and everyone is different, which I think, again, would probably be my own personal flaw and just the first key to that is self-awareness and yep. then it's trying to find someone to help you manage that. Interestingly, um, in terms of relationships, this has made a massive difference to me. So there's a book called The Five Love Languages yep. that literally, anyone listening to this or watching this, I would highly suggest reading it, it's very short. Um, completely changed my perception in terms of not just relationships but people who work with or people you meet in terms of like how people communicate and what actually makes them happy because mm -hmm. some people aren't money driven they want your time some people want um, like they like gifts or whatever it might be like different things make people happy and that's when you understand that it's then easier to improve personal relationships with other people and also mm. professional relationships yeah I only learned about love languages recently myself <laughs> I don't know if there was, I didn't know there was Mate. such a thing. Hey, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I think that's the male brain is very like one way thinking in terms of like the certain things we think about yeah. and then we don't sometimes see the other side of the coin if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Does your wife work with you within the business or does she just do her own thing? Uh, she doesn't work in the business. She used to um, for a few years, but now she's just stay at home wife and she looks after the house. I look after the other stuff. How do you communicate in terms of like managing your time to spend with her? Do you have like set hours with across your week where you to like keep your relationship strong? No, we don't set any hours, you know, or we don't lock anything in really. But like, um, you know, it could be like Monday and I'll be like, hey, babe, why don't we go for a dinner date on Wednesday? Yeah, cool. Lock it in, you know. Um, and it's just kind of random wherever. And because we're both flexible, we can kind of do anything we want at any time. 
maybe one time, um, you know, we'll go out for lunch just randomly. So we're, we're kind of flexible and we just do anything at any time, but we don't lock certain things in on a weekly basis or anything. Who's the most impressive person you've ever trained with and why? Ooh. Don't say me because it's not. Oh, there's so many people. Like um, one person that I was surprised with was actually how strong Mike O'Hearn was. Um, like he is, he's lean. He's very lean. And when someone's that lean, they're not normally strong. We were doing incline bench press and he had four plates. And you know when you've got like a heavy weight on bench press, you kind of, you bring it down, you're like, he brought it down so slow and pushed it up so slow, exactly like I would do if I was demonstrating how to do a bench press with the bar. Um, it was pretty phenomenal. And then we did dumbbell flies and he picked up a heavy weight. So I thought we we're doing presses. But then he starts flying. <laughs> it was it was something pretty incredible, yeah. I have to say, he is one person I've always like idolized as I was younger, because like the whole like power bodybuilding thing, the guy's fucking jacked, super strong, always lean. I think he's like fifty now yeah, as well. Yeah, never been injured. Like he obviously has mutant genetics and mutant like connective tissue to do what he does. Yeah. But like again, we, we we talked about earlier the the consistency of the grind. I think he trains like four thirty every day. Yeah, very early. Which yeah. is like <laughs> in, we talk about getting up early. Like I couldn't go and fucking squat five plates at four thirty <sighs> in the morning. I couldn't think of anything I'd least like to do. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather jump off my balcony into the marina like at four thirty a.m. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, from a mindset point of view, who's the most impressive person? Ooh, that's a good question. From a mindset. Um was there anyone you've been like, this guy is like wise or like you just like, I want to spend more time around this guy. He's got a certain aura about him. Uh, there's actually a guy here in um, Dubai. His name's Sam Fortified. Are you familiar with him? No, no, no. Um, so he, pretty cool story as well. So he was from Ranui, which is like a, you know, somewhat of a poor area in New Zealand. He grew up, you know, pretty poor, you know, like white bread and two minute noodles for dinner kind of thing. Um, and he's done extremely well and he's built multiple apps, gaming apps. I think one of them was Color Switch, another one was Pigeon Pop. And he's been in the crypto space, he's launched NFT projects. He sold his app company, he's done over 100 mil. Um, I caught up with him last time I was here in, in Dubai and just the way, you know, he thinks and the way he looks at things is always like in the future trying to be like two steps ahead you know not understanding what the trend is at the current time but seeing what the next trend is going to be and get in early on that and just the way he thinks about things is pretty interesting and it, it's pretty cool to be around just to try and you know have some of that rub off on you um so yeah he's he's someone i'm actually catching up with him this weekend that's it's it's pretty cool just to like see the way he thinks and the way he approaches things um where it's quite different to most people, you know what I mean? Everyone's trying to look at what's the best thing to do now. But he's thinking, oh, what's the best thing I should be doing now that's going to help me in four years' time? Um, so, yeah, I would say in the mindset, I would say it's Sam. Interesting. One of your skills and zones of genius, I would say on that note, is probably your ability to network, which I think is very useful mm -hmm. once you get to a certain point. Have you got any tips or recommendations in terms of how you've built that or how you go about that networking yeah. with people like Sam, for example? Networking is everything, man. It's it's not what you know, it's who you know. Facts. <laughs> Especially when you get the shit with <laughs> yeah. stuff. If you've got a problem, someone can get you out of the shit. That's yeah. important. I found that out a few times. 
I, I failed school, man. I, I did bad at school, so I don't know anything. But I was always good at networking. You know, I knew everyone at school. Um, and then moved to the real world. I just, I just make so much connections. And I don't make connections to try and get anything from them. It's just always about building relationships. Because at one time in the future, could be a year, could be three years, could be five years, could be ten years. There might be something that you can do together. But because you've built that relationship, you've built that connection, and you've built that trust... It just opens you up to all of these opportunities that you would have never thought would have you know ever happened, and it wouldn't never happen if you didn't network and you didn't build those connections. Um, and now that we've got this, you can network and you can connect with anyone. You know, if I'm going to a certain country, whatever it is, I am pretty much aware of who the people are in the fitness industry. I'll connect with them. I'll be like, hey, we'll catch up. I'm coming over. Um, we'll train. We'll film some content. And there you go. It's it's that relationship built, and that that rela- like exactly what we did. You know, when we're in Thailand, yeah. it's it's relationship building. Do you ever find sometimes in the fitness industry though, you have people just coming to you because they want something from you, and does like like you you like, and I hope when we met in Thailand that didn't come across, but like when you sometimes know when people aren't true to their values and people just want something from you. So for example, the other week I had someone come up to the gym, I'd never even spoken to me before, pitch me on a business idea they want to be yeah. involved. I was like, dude, I've never even fucking spoken to exactly. you. Exactly, Instantly my back's up, I'm like yeah. fucking like, just like get out of my face almost. You know yeah, I mean? nah, you got to build relationships first. Um, but yeah, same thing happens to me. You know, sometimes people come up to me straight away, pitch me. Where the best approach is just getting to know the person, you know, um, not coming at them with a sales pitch, not <laughs> just just building that relationship and then going from there. Uh, and I think the best salespeople in the world are not salespeople; they are relationship builders, communicators. It's communicators. That, the one thing I think is this: uh, no like and trust. So for anyone who say, for example, you're trying to build an online business, like the key is being known, people liking you, and then people trusting you, and then yeah. they might buy your products. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people aren't authentic sometimes in terms of who they are. And I see it like Dubai is awful. For, I know you've got Lamborghini, but everyone knows you're really successful. But like <laughs> you see, for example, young influencers who come here from the UK, they rent a fucking Lamborghini like a twat and then they have photos in the desert and I'm like, you just look like a douchebag. Everyone, like, <laughs> no, everyone knows you haven't bought the car and you've rented it for the day and take a load of photos. Yeah. Like I just don't understand. Like the way I think about things is like, not like I don't give a shit what other people think of me, but I care from the respect from a business thing and like being a polite, decent human being. Yeah, And yeah. I wouldn't do stuff like that because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be portrayed a certain way if that uh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I fully understand that, yeah. Uh, on the note, Lambos, are you going to bring yours here or are you going to buy another car here? or No, I'll sell my one and get a new one here. Be warned because getting speeding tickets in Dubai, I think I had four last week. It's Really? It's probably the worst car, like I've got a Mustang. From where? I'd seen no cops here. I've been Mate, the speed cameras <laughs> oh, are speed everywhere. Cameras. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's prolific for that. So wow. that, that's not fun. That's not Interesting because every taxi I'm in is always speeding. They probably know where each one is. Yeah, they must they. I get carriage away, I put the roof down, and then I blast it down the motorway, and then like tons of speeding tickets. Yeah. So it's it's uh, a bit like a child in that respect sometimes. Yeah. In terms of the, the car front of things, have you always been into fast cars? Yeah, I've never been a car guy. Like, I've never been into all that, that boy race kind of stuff, but I've always, my whole entire life, been into supercars. You know, the Lambos, the Ferraris. When I was a young kid, I always had the toys and stuff like that. I've just got a lot of appreciation for, like, the supercars. So when I yeah when I got my first Lambo it was kind of a dream come true in a way. 
<laughs> I think I remember seeing a photo, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't you have like a photo of it on your wall and you had a photo of, you showed a photo of you with a car or something. I remember seeing something yeah, like I, that. Or I, it might be a toy car. I took a, this is a long time ago. could have been like. Did you had an orange one? I, think. I, I, I took a picture with an orange Gallardo. I don't even like the color orange. Um, but I just took a picture with an orange Gallardo because I saw it and I was like, wow, this is such a nice car. Funnily enough, like I think law of attraction, because in my head I saw an orange Lamborghini, I kind of always imagined myself having a Lamborghini and because I saw an orange one, it was orange in my imagination. Even though I don't like orange, well, I don't hate orange, but you know what I mean. And then the first Lambo that I bought just happened to be an orange Lamborghini. Now I didn't go and find an orange one, it was just the one that was available at the time. And I was like, man, that's nice. <laughs> so it's almost like law of attraction, you know? I just, I kept visioning my Lambo to be orange. So that's the one that I ended up getting. Now we come back to Lamborghinis in Dubai, you moving to Dubai. Do you think this will be home for good or is there anywhere else in the world you would consider living? Yep, no, I think this is gonna be home for good. Um, so I'm gonna technically live here, base myself here, but I got my friends, my family in New Zealand. So I'm gonna be back in New Zealand maybe three, maybe four months of the year. Maybe three, four, five months of the year I'll be traveling, going to different places around the world and then the rest of the time I'll be back in Dubai. But officially I'll live in Dubai. Excited for it? Pardon? Excited for it? Oh, super excited. I just... I don't know why I didn't do it sooner. Um, you know, sometimes you get stuck in your ways and it's not until you're like, nah, this is enough. I've got to actually do this now. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a great new chapter and a great time to get some new growth. I think it's a really good way to reinvent yourself. And I think why you're constantly growing and why I'm constantly growing is like, I'll throw myself in the fucking deep end and see if I can swim and just yep. see what happens. Again, like talking about the big fish, small pond situation, throw yourself in as a minnow into like the gigantic ocean and you have to grow into yeah, that situation yeah. and rise to the challenge. Yep. And it's almost like your set point changes. Mm. Back home in New Zealand, like the set point is here. But over here now, it's like the set point is here. So just by default, you level up. I think that comes down to holding yourself to a high standard. And yeah. I think that's one of the things I like here is everything is to a very high standard and it makes you that way. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, when I used to work in a state agency, I remember people coming, moving back from Dubai to the UK and they were a pain in the ass because they'd be so demanding in terms of what they'd expect. But now living here, I understand why because <laughs> yeah. everything's done so proficiently that like you can't get away with anything being half-assed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's anywhere in the world, else in the world quite like it. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah, and also Dubai's safe, man. Like there's no crime here. Where New Zealand used to be a safe country, but it, there's getting a lot of crime now, you know, stabbings, shootings, um, ram raids where they crash their car into the jewelry store and they all run through with batons. We never had this. It's the same as London, to be fair, stabbing, shooting. Yeah. Like, I don't even lock my apartment door. Like no one knows really listening to this, but like, <laughs> like hope. And um, yeah, I don't lock my apartment door. You don't yeah. have to worry about it and think like you can leave a laptop out in a coffee shop and go to the toilet. Oh, no one's going to touch it. Like I, it, it's, I can't explain what it's like to live in a world where your personal safety isn't something you think about. Yeah. Well, back home in New Zealand, when I'm at, the gym training and I've got my phone, I've got to put my phone in my bag, but I've always got to keep my eye on it because I don't want someone to come past and like sweep, up. sweep it. Here in Dubai, like I can just leave it on the table and I know no one's going to steal it. I just feel like you just don't do that here. <laughs> but, it's, 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 uh, but that's the beauty of the culture and the society that's being built here. And I think all credit to them. And I think them being so welcoming to technically foreigners and expats like us coming in um, I think we're all eternally very grateful for for the yeah. opportunity to then 
build new lives here, which is something I think we're all looking to do and then yeah. flourish and grow with that, grow together basically. Yeah, no, um, exactly. Why do you think Western culture is so different in that respect? I think maybe the laws are just, they don't get punished enough. Agreed. Like back home in New Zealand, for some reason, I don't know why there's, there's all these ram raids happening. So if you're not sure what the ram raid is, they drive into the store with, their car or they park their car on the road and they all run out with batons and they smash the windows they run into the shop while people are in there steal all the jewelry run back in the car and take off they're not getting caught and if they do get caught they're not even getting in trouble so why wouldn't you do it again you've got like they've got nothing to lose but here in dubai what you probably get your hand cut off <laughs> so you don't do anything you need a strict set of rules sometimes to keep everything in line I agree. And I think it's where the UK has an entitlement society where everyone's entitled to things and thinks the state yeah. should protect, like should protect and fulfill them. But reality is like everyone should work to stand on their own two feet rather than relying on the state, which I think is quite a Western culture. And I think it, we've become soft. And I think the US has become soft as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's why you're starting to see the decline of Western society in terms of financially compared to the emerging countries in the world. Yeah. It's crazy eh, how it's, different everywhere it's the power shift i don't know if you've read it but uh the uh, ray dalio's just had a new book called oh, i'm gonna put myself on the spot now something like changing world or something i can't remember off the top of my head but uh new world order yeah. um that's a really really good book basically changes talks about how economies change over time but it's, mm. it's and superpowers change but it's fascinating but in my opinion i think the middle east is the future and in particular oh, i agree like uh, people ask moving to dubai is going to help us go to another level help us have more impact on people over the world and then ultimately hopefully be fulfilled yeah on that question, what makes you fulfilled and happy? Um, Self-progress. I am happy when I'm progressing in some way and I'm being productive. So I guess that's why I like working so much. I don't hate work. I love and enjoy it. And when I feel like I'm progressing in myself or my business or anything in life, I feel so happy. That makes me happy. And <laughs> because that brings me happiness, it makes me work even harder. Even with the gym, man. Because if I see my physique change and I see that self-progress, it makes me want to train harder, diet harder, put in more cardio, whatever it is, because that makes me happy. So I think self-progression, if I have to put it down to one thing, I think that's the key to happiness. I absolutely agree. I think mm -hmm. as men, we're wired to seek progression for happiness. Mm -hmm. And for me, like one of the best questions someone asked me like the other week was like, what would you do tomorrow if you won the lottery? I was like, exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah, like, I, legit, I might I might hire more people to do stuff I don't want to do. Yeah, and I might have a flashier car and like maybe a bigger house or something. But other than that, like, yeah. it would be literally doing exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's when, like, I kick myself and I'm like, I'm actually living the dream of what I want to do. Yeah, and I, I get sometimes so stuck in the weeds of what I'm doing that, and like, I worked a lot with psychologists, and the best thing he said to me was like when you're scaling the mountain, sometimes you need to look back and enjoy the view. And it's things like that when people say that to me, I'm like, shit, like this is actually dope. And I yeah. don't, you don't sometimes see what's you in front of you. Yeah. And then you think about how many people would die to have the opportunities and the yeah. lifestyle you have sometimes. So it's, it's a difficult thing to not take these things for granted sometimes. It is, yeah. Even the flexibility that we have. Yeah. Even though we're always working, we are so flexible. We don't have to be anywhere at a certain time. We don't have to start at a certain time. That flexibility is... It's something that is, you know, that's worth a lot of money, flexibility. Um, but because I'm so flexible, it doesn't mean I don't put in the hours. <laughs> I almost work harder. It's just, it's just a great feeling to have. 
Is there anything in your life you haven't done yet that you want to do, like places to go or things to, like activities or anything random? Um, as weird as it sounds, I've always had on my to-do list and I don't know why I've never done it. Same with my wife. Uh, we want to go to South Africa and do the animal safari. <laughs> it's, fair. It's, it's dope. I did that. I did that. That's really, really good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, that's always been like, oh, be, that would be cool. Uh, we just need to find time. So we're going to go early next year. That's the plan. Yeah. If you do go to Cape Town, Cape Town's probably the most beautiful city in the world. Really? Yeah. Um, super dangerous. That's the only downside. Yeah. But other than that, beautiful, food's amazing. People in South Africa are lovely. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll love that 100%. Oh, wicked. Yeah, that's on the to-do list. With you coming here to Dubai, what's do you have a, a specific goal of what you want to achieve the next 12 months or do you have anything specific? You know, you said um, in regards to you having something you have to be progressing on right now. What are the things, say, business-wise and physique-wise you're trying to progress yep. on right now? Yeah, so obviously business-wise, um, I am coming here to be able to grow and expand more. It's just the perfect place to do that. Like I said, better to network, to co, um, make these connections, collab, create content. So I think it's going to really help my business from a growth point of view. Um, also, not business, kind of personal, but kind of business. I want to, you know, build up my property portfolio. I'm selling some of my property back home in New Zealand um, and then using some of that cash to come over here, buy apartments, units, and just rent them out. Um, so I kind of want to build a big property portfolio over here and over the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years just continue adding to that property portfolio and build it up as much as I can and create some good passive income. Um, tax free. Tax free, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just guess grow as a person overall. And, you know, Dubai is the place to do that, man. It's, it is just the place to be. Whatever you're doing, it's, it's the place. Yeah, I agree. I think the one thing I'd finish up with saying is like, it makes you think bigger and realize there are no limits oh, to what you yeah. want to achieve. So you've like, I mean, look at the Burj Khalifa. It's got the biggest building in the world. Like you look around, everything's fucking crazy. I remember uh, I went out on like a deep sea fishing trip randomly. And I remember looking back at Dubai and it's like some crazy child who's got all the money and power in the world has built this insane skyline and city of like your dreams. You're like, this is nuts. <sighs> and you kick yourself sometimes when you look at it like, when you look how quickly this has been developed, that's why I'm so glad I'm here because this is the environment where like if you want to develop quickly, you want to learn and you want to grow with anything, you need to be in this culture and the energy and the vibe this place has. You do. Has. It's, it's just so motivating on so many levels. And going back to the, the pre previous question I you asked about the gym and my physique as well. So coming to Dubai, when I actually move here in January, I'm going to start a prep. I'm not going to compete, but I'm, I'm starting a prep like I'm going to compete. And I just feel like Dubai is the perfect place to do that. I can I can have my chicken and rice measured out, and eat it, it in the gym, and not be that weird guy eating out of a Tupperware. <laughs> and it's just the place to be able to focus, to lock in, and to give it one hundred percent. So I'm super excited to actually start a prep and get into some crazy condition. And because I'm going to be in Dubai doing it, not in New Zealand, it's going to be so much more enjoyable, so much more fun, and I can't wait to start. Yeah, going through that process now, and obviously I'm competing in like eight days. Uh, I hadn't originally planned to do Dubai show. I'm doing the Romanian one was the one I planned in like five weeks time. But it's so much easier here when I can just have my meals are delivered every day. Yeah. <clears throat> like it just makes me sound really lazy, but like I have a housekeeper, someone cleans my car. I don't have to do anything yeah. other than being the best at what I'm doing. Like yeah. my zone of genius and work out, and eat the food. Like from, and I say this to clients all the time and you'll listen to this, get a meal prep company to deliver your food. You cannot fuck it up. If like meals put in front of you, yeah. you eat it like next and then just don't eat until your next meal, meal time. exactly it's not rocket science 
just the non-negotiables. Okay, I'm eating this, 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 this. And like back home in New Zealand, I don't want to talk bad about New Zealand too much. I love New Zealand, beautiful country, but like the gyms there, people are not training. There's a few guys that train, but most of them are just going to the gym because they're just going to the gym. But here in Dubai, it's like you come into the gym and no one's just going to the gym. They're in there training, you know? They're in there trying to be the best. They're in there trying to make progress. I'm like, man, that's cool. I love this energy. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a killer energy and a killer vibe, just like you. So I want to say thank you very much for the podcast. For people to find out more about you, where's it's best to connect? Yeah, just search my name online. I'm pretty much on every platform there is. <laughs> Um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat, anywhere. Just type in Joseph Rakic, uh, J-O-S-E-F-R-A-K-I-C-H. Awesome. Thank you very much, brother. Awesome, bro. And thank you very much for having me on, man. Really appreciate that. And it's been good to know you over these years. Good to connect when we did in Thailand. Um, and like I said, man, I, I learned a lot from you as well. So you've inspired me to do this prep as well, knowing the crazy condition that you're <laughs> in right now. So when I saw Charlie at the gym, I was like, man, this guy's shredded right now. Yeah, it was actually fair. It was after I'd had two days of like 1,400 calories and zero grams of carbohydrates. So I was like <laughs> wandering around the gym with a zombie with like Michael trying to film me, him to point me in the right direction because I couldn't think straight. Yeah. But, but that's like, that's the fun of games of like, and I know you're sadistic as well in a weird way, like how fucking hard can you push yeah. yourself? I love yeah. this shit. Like yeah. it's messed up in like a weird sadistic way. Yeah, you almost have to fall in love with the suffering as weird as it sounds. That's, that's part and parcel. So. Yeah, and that's why everyone can't do it because they don't have that in them. But my opinion, that's something you can learn with time. Yeah. It's, uh, you have something that flips the switch. Could be working with you, could be working with me, could be whatever it is. Listening to this podcast motivates you. So if it did, please make sure you leave us a five-star review, subscribe to the podcast. Next episode we have also Mike Thurston coming on, which is going to be an insane episode. And if anyone needs help with their own fitness journey, hit the link below the podcast and you can book in your free stretch call to find out how we can help you transform your physique. And we'll see you next episode very soon. Awesome. Thank you once again, bro. Cheers, bro.